Hi and welcome to day 29 of Napadpo Mo and episode 41 of Motivated Women. And here is an interview or just a chat I had with Shelly of Shelly's podcast and the App Store Pundit about alcohol. Hope you like it. What I want to do is, you know, all the stuff that I've looked up on alcohol and diets and stuff like that, for the most part is, you know, what we all know, moderation. Um, but then when you get to like mixed drinks, it's like there's not a whole lot out there when you're picking things that are, you know, either made with diet sodas or club soda or something that doesn't have a lot of calories in it. And if they are, they're the real, they're the real old drinks. So it's like, I wonder what you have to offer there. I hadn't even heard of that, so that's news to me. of the things I looked up gave me basic calories when you looked at like wine versus hard liquor versus the liqueurs and yes your plain old chocolate liqueur has um, 155 calories in one serving Where, whereas if you're looking at say a light beer you're around 100 calories uh, and then when you were looking at hard liquor there's a fairly decent gap you have like vermouth at 64 and then you can go up to something called Gilby's Gin at 119. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I never thought a shot of alcohol had that many calories in it. The rule of thumb is actually that, like, a, a, in general, a gin or a vodka is going to have less calories than a brown spirit. Uh, so I'm surprised to hear that the gin goes as high as 119. I've, I've, the rule of thumb that I, I remember, it's, it's always... You know, not as specific as it ought to be. It's like 75 calories or so for a shot, and that that's closer to what a shot of vodka or gin would be. But if you have like a bourbon or something, it might be like a deal higher. Because yeah. there's, there's, you know, there's grains in, in brown spirits and corn and stuff like that, and it's going to add to the calorie, the, the sugar, alcohols, and all that stuff. Right. The only one that they have, at least on this one, was a rye whiskey, which was 104 calories, and then tequila which is around that 104 mark too, but they don't have a whole lot of other um, darker liquors on here. Yeah, I've not been able to find a complete list, just rules of thumb, uh, but I would think it would be safe to say that bourbon and rye, bourbon and rye are almost the same thing from a makeup point of view, are going to be in general higher than vodka. I just, the, the, that gin thing throws 
unless maybe it's a sweet gin, because I th- the thing with gin is, since a lot of people don't sort of care for it, it may be that there are gins out there that are sweetened or have additives that add calories, because just a straight-ahead gin that's made with botanicals and juniper berries and stuff like that is not going to inherently have that much calories. That kind of reminds me of um, rums these days, because most rums are flavored. Yeah, I don't know that most... Or at least are, most of the ones most I'm of finding. The thing that I found interesting was that when I looked up wines, um, wine's pretty consistent red versus white around 100 calories per five ounce serving. What what floored me though, because at least the champagnes that I've had have been sweeter, is that champagne's like 65 calories for a five ounce serving compare, comparatively. I thought it would be much higher. That is interesting. Um, yeah, and I can't really not that like something that's a real champagne and inherently have a different calorie content because it's the same case with white grapes you know it's the same kind of grapes so but that is weird that there's that difference i, I can't i don't know why that would be yeah drink more champagne. the um the one site when i looked up just basic drinks on diets um they said the best locale drink out there at least mixed drink was a bacardi in diet coke which was less than 70 calories um, which is great for the people who do drink um, carbonated beverages. But my problem is that I gave up carbonated beverages. So it's like for me to find something to drink, I'm stuck with a mixed drink or drinking a shot of something or just falling back on a wine. And it's like you were saying, there are a lot of drinks out there I think that I would probably like, but because they're older and nobody makes them or they don't make them quote, the correct way, they take all these shortcuts that they're just not um, easily accessible to find as options. Yeah, and what happens is even a drink that is supposed to be made without a lot of added sugar, because, they, you know, they, when you go to the bar and you see them pulling something out of a soda gun, it's because they have a sour mix or, or some other kind of mix that's already had sugar pre-added to it, and the bartender doesn't even have any idea what he's pouring for you, really unless you get the drink, like like a whiskey sour, the way it's supposed to be made is whiskey, sugar of some kind, and uh, lemon juice. But the way it's typically made is whiskey and sour mix. So sour mix is going to have, you know, the sweetener and the lemon juice all mixed up, and it's going to lean toward the sweet. So a mix is probably going to be sweeter than a drink that you would make with the prop- proper natural ingredients. You would probably balance it in a way you could even reduce the sugar if you were making it yourself. You can say, well, I don't mind a slightly tartar drink. Why don't I reduce the sugar? But if you go to a bar and you order a whiskey sour, you're going to get one that's made with mix, most likely, unless it's a craft cocktail bar. Right. I know um, way back when, when I was, gosh, hmm, 16, 17 years old, our family has this um, yearly Christmas party, and my uncles and my grandmother got me started on apricot stone sours. And if you, if you drink an apricot stone sour the way it's supposed to be made, it's not that bad. It actually, to me, tastes really good. 
But if I go anywhere else except for, you know, that bar or a bar I know that makes them the correct way, all they're mixing it with is orange juice and sour and the apricot brandy. And it doesn't taste the same at all. And calorie-wise, it just goes through the roof because of the orange juice and the um, sour mix. Yeah, and also you're not really sure about whether the apricot brandy is of high quality and whether because you can super cheap brandies out there that have additives. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get like nine or ten dollar bottle of brandy. Oh, that's really great, and also doesn't always tend to taste all that great. But but oftentimes there's some kind of additive because they expect people to use that uh, maybe in higher quantities and want it to be sweeter. And um, you know, so and so th- I guess that's the one argument for the style there's kind of there's a cocktail renaissance going on and people are getting the old style drinks but that's the sort of thing that is is mostly in you know high-end cocktail bars if you're just going to a sports bar or whatever bar is in your neighborhood or something like that you can't count on being able to get fresh juices and uh sweeteners that are not as intense as say in a mix would be so that's that's the hard part unless you're making it yourself you don't know what's going into it right so what drinks are are nice out there that are coming back that we're going to be seeing and maybe we should try? Um, well, without regard to say, I mean, uh, you, you could always have something like uh, a Manhattan, which is just uh, vermouth and whiskey. Now, that's a brown spirit, but there's two advantages to a Manhattan. First of all, it's almost always made the same way. They're not going to add sugar to it. It's just not something that's done for a drink like that. And the second advantage is that even though it does have a in it, the second ingredient, vermouth, which is a, a mixture of sweet and dry vermouth, as you already pointed out, is sort of low on the, the calorie scale. Mm-hmm. So that's if you're, and Manhattan is basically a whiskey martini, so you, that has, that's for somebody who really enjoys the taste of a fairly uh, strong drink and maybe choose to have one instead of, you know, a whole bunch. So uh, let's see, that's one. Another really simple one, I mean, there is diet tonic water out there. You can have gin and tonic. I love a good gin and tonic. I Diet tonic water is not always the best. I would try it before I started making my gin and tonic and find one that you like, but you can get that out there. Now, is tonic water technically a carbonated beverage? Uh, no. T- to- there is, I mean, tonic does have some carbonation in it. Uh, most tonic does. I think they're, I'm not certain if they're non carbonated tonics. It's not like, it's not as carbonated as, say, a club soda. So it could be um, a lower choice, though. Okay. Let me stop there. I'm trying to think because I've tried several brands and I'm trying to think which because and I know that there's there are a couple that are pretty heavy on the carbonation and, and some that are lower. And the same thing is true with, with ginger beer. It's the same, you know, the, which I'm, I'm thinking of that because the same company that makes like tonic, soda, ginger beer, and Collins mix and all this kind of stuff. Ginger. Uh, and some of those have higher levels of carbonation. Ginger beer is a new term for me. Is that like a ginger ale? It's it's made. something I like this <laughs> yeah I know that I've been looking at um, 
you know, I like the craft beers or the specialty beers. And the one thing that I found with those is, yes, they have a little bit more calories, but they actually fill you up. So if you're going to go out and have a, a nice, decent beer, you know, having a, a really good specially brewed or whatever type of beer you want to call that is, to me, nicer than going out and maybe filling up on two or three of the the really um, cheap, like you can get anywhere, Miller Lite, what have you beers. Because yeah, you- I just don't like the, per- personally, I don't like the bloaty feeling of have, having so much liquid. I would rather have a nicer beer and maybe have one instead of, instead of three. Yeah, I agree. Right. Um, let's see, the other I one... Mean, I, I can't tell you what the calorie content is, although I will say that is a really sort of wide rule of thumb. It's probably true that darker beers are going to have more calories and higher alcohol. You are correct on that. That that I looked up today. Um, they said one of the craft brews are usually two to three times uh, more calories than the light beers, but there's more flavor and you'll get filled up more so on the one of those versus um, several of the others. Um, the other thing that I found um, for for people following specific a specific diet such as like a low carb diet. Um, is that most of the calories we're talking about are carbs. So that if if you're looking at a um, low-carb diet like the Atkins diet, um, he specifically says in his stuff that really alcohol shouldn't be in consumed at all. But if you're going to do it, you need to be aware of where your overall carbohydrate um, content or um, intake for that day is. Um, because as with several other things, the alcohol is going to be metabolized um, by the body through the liver, and that whole process when you go through glycogen stores and stuff will come into um, effect there. So if, if you're truly yep. going to be the um, purist with a um, low-carbohydrate diet, alcohol really isn't probably for you. But I think most of us look at the overall picture and say, especially if you're thinking heart disease, um, you know, that glass of wine a a night or whatever has more benefits to outweigh completely giving something up. And the other thing I found interesting about that point was that it doesn't necessarily have to be red wine. It can be any wine to help give you that um, overall health effect, which I thought was interesting. That is interesting because you always hear that it's red wine. Right. And... Trace down the 
science of sugar alcohols and cravings and stuff like that, but I think it's kind of an individual thing. It's like people have different responses to what they consume that makes them want to do, you know, other things, gives them cravings and such. Yeah, I'd have to agree wholeheartedly with that one because the more I tend to to give in to my chocolate craving, I tend to find then myself wanting to crave all the other things that I shouldn't, like the the chips and things like that. So, yeah. like you said, knowing yourself and what what sets you off there is a really good good point. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that we can say about alcohol and what to do with it. I, you know, um, I guess I would probably make the point again about uh, fresh ingredients versus mixers because of things like fruit juices and stuff because you can even though fruit juices certainly have sugar content in them you could weigh the benefits of fresh juice from a health point of view uh so it's not completely empty calories if you're going to consume that if you're going to have an alcoholic beverage and you want some way to mix it up and give it more flavor you know consider using a juice rather than a a mixer that has a lot of added sugar in it not that you know that that mixed drink is going to make you healthy or anything but it's it's better than you know stuff with Right, it's knowing uh, your... Go ahead. And then the point about, like, uh, liqueurs and other things that have a lot of cream in them, like, there are, you know, there are drinks that have milk in them, there are, you know, this time of year, we're all thinking about Baileys and Irish coffees and things like that, and those are deadly in terms of calories. Mm-hmm. As my favorite is eggnog. So we, we rarely buy it, because I, that would be my trigger. I would buy the eggnog, and I'd want to mix it with... Um, whatever I have on hand, and that would get me into a spiral. So that's like a... I, I, like, I like an Irish coffee, and I, I, it was funny because I never was much of a Bailey's drinker, and that's, I had fairly a few years ago, somebody fed me a drink or something with Bailey's, and I was like, you know, this is pretty good, I like it. It's got cream and alcohol, what more could you want? <laughs> Bailey's is very good, not, too. Not, I know that you took your um, bartending class this past year. Do you have any um, comments on what a good overall um, resource book for um, drinks would be? Constructive mixed drink that you personally would enjoy and that would meet your goals as far as calories. 
even though, as I say, he doesn't really get into calories. I don't know any cocktail books, with the exception of one that's not really a cocktail book, but it's a book for uh, pregnant women trying to drink cocktails without alcohol. And I don't know, I don't know any cocktail books that really address weight loss and calories and such. That's pretty much what I found, too, that there's different articles out there that people, um, either health-conscious, sports-minded, whatever, may reference, but there's no real um, one complete thing that I found in looking at this either. So, um, and I will put links into the show notes, guys, for the two books that she did mention. And I think that we'll end that right here, but I want to keep talking to you, Shelly, okay? Okay, hold on, let me get this stuff. That was my talk with Shelly. Um, I will have links in the show notes to her um, two shows and to the two books that we referenced. I hope you enjoyed today's show. You can get a hold of me for comments and questions and whatever you want to dialogue with me about at the Badger Cast line, 262-649-8550. You can get a hold of me on Skype or um, Facebook or Twitter, and you can email me at mwpjulie at gmail.com. Hope you're having a great November, and we have, what, four weeks left till Christmas. I hope you're getting all your shopping done. Thanks. Bye.